You're listening to Radigan's Rockcast, a series focused on talking about music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even current. Now, here's your host, Tom Radigan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Radigan's Rockcast. Now, this is another edition. Of course, you've seen me on my YouTube channel, but I am also on SUNY Oswego's radio station, WNYO. This will be playing on that. This is also playing on other uh, platforms such as Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, let's just get into the meet and greet, and you will find me wherever you find me, okay? Wherever you find me, that's okay. Tommy's here for you. All right. Actually, uh, just I don't go by Tom. I go by Tom or Thomas. Anyway, let's move on. So we mentioned in the last edition uh, talking about uh, the top ten songs from the band, and I said that I would talk about top ten songs from Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young. And am I going to break that promise? No, of course not. I never broke a promise in my life. Okay, maybe that's not true. But anyway, let's get to the point. So we've got... 10 songs, and this is like, they're mostly from, like like the band, they're mostly from their first two main albums, because Crosby, Stills, and Nash were first, yeah, they were first just Crosby, Stills, and Nash before, you know, Young joined in their second album, and, you know, like, because Ahmed Erdogan from Atlantic Records felt like they needed Neil Young, and, uh, you know, it worked pretty well, um, you know, I mean, of course, they're a band known for harmonies and all that stuff, and when Neil Young joined, uh, Stephen Stills, who was really the, uh, the multi-instrumentalist of the group at that time, you know, was able to, you know, collaborate with Neil Young on guitar work, you know, go back and forth, because they were both good at playing lead guitar, and, uh, so they were able to, you know, keep going back and forth with that, and, because, you know, Neil Young is... He's Neil Young. I mean, he's got great songs already. So how can you, how would you not, if Neil Young is asking to join the band, how come you would reject Neil Young and say no, you can't join the the band? It's Neil Young. It's you know also yeah. But they were able to come up with great music. Uh, there is a song uh, from a later album. Uh, which we will get to at the point. Like, why not? Let's go into this. So instead of doing, you know, how I said top 10, I got to keep uh, reminding myself, this is not a top 10 list. This is a top 11 list because I felt like there were songs that I didn't want to not mention once uh, all, all the songs that I thought of, you know, and it, it was 11. Um, and I feel like I got, I got to do that. So uh, we are going to go to... Uh, number 11 uh, so yeah so we're gonna start it yeah so we're we'll start with number 11 and it's almost cut my hair which is from the deja vu album and is written and sung by david crosby now uh mostly with a lot of the songs of course you know they all all four of them dominate they're they're all they all had the star power because they were from all previous uh you know famous rock groups you know david crosby from the birds uh steven stills and neil young from buffalo springfield uh graham nash from the british group the hollies you know and all that they all were these like these stars already to begin with but this song because uh, David Crosby I would say of one of the compliments I would give him is that um, he ha just has a great you know uh, soft angelic voice you know just very very calm very soothing um, but he's able to go a little bit in that rock element uh, with almost cut my hair be a little bit more of a, a louder type of rock star and it really helps because you've got Neil Young on it you got Steven Stills uh, you know playing the guitar and of course you know and and just and it just works well you know that, that that's how this works and it was also great about it too is like you know with this song almost cut my 
hair uh, with Neil Young on it. Um, you know, Neil Young didn't record, uh, didn't uh, play on some of the songs from the Deja Vu album, mostly Graham Nash stuff and even some of Steven Still stuff. But I mean, I mean, all of their stuff. Not like it was just like he just there were specific songs he just did not. He really just played on the songs that he he wrote on. But like he did. But the only two there there and the other song is on this list, which we will get to um, eventually. But yeah, no. But this works well. Uh, it was also uh, I also found out that um, it was basically one of the only songs that they recorded all together with all of them and nobody overdubbing or nobody doing all that. Um, and they just all did it together. The whole band did it, you know. Uh, like and uh, yeah, the drummer on it is Dallas Taylor. The guitar guys, uh, the bass guitar is Greg Reeves, and they are also seen on the Deja Vu album cover as well, um, too. And their names are also credited uh, in the bottom, all that stuff too. Um, but yeah, so uh, so it, that that great rock song that basically talks about you know the hippie age and not giving in to the establishment. Um, I love the line. I'm not giving in an inch to fear. Uh, you know, just just you know, works pretty well. Just very you know that just like if you're in a rebellious mode, I would uh, recommend uh, almost cut my hair because it'll help you. Uh, it'll help you through that. And you know, David Crosby, like you know, just sinning through it. You know, just it's like wow it'll just be like your eyes will be blowing up and you'll be seeing a new new world for you people okay all right so now let's go to number 10 which is just a song before i go now this song is from another it's not from the first two main albums it is from the just the 76 album csn and that is just, of course, the three of them. And, you know, for a while, because, like, you know, they did their first two albums and they kind of broke up and then went on and did their solo stuff. But they'll also say that they never really broke up because they were never really a band. They've always said because, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, you know, and the reason why they put their names together was because they were all individual musicians that were just working together. They all knew that they were going to end up doing their own projects after, you know. But, um, you know, so... You know, because, you know, they were such a big thing. Fans wanted them to get together, you know, again, and all that stuff. They performed a little... They did a tour together in 1974, and they actually played with the band. I think they were on the same Hanoid in, in, in Wembley with uh, also Joni Mitchell. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no. So, uh, just a song before I go... Uh, is basically, um, you know, a song that was uh, written by Graham Nash. And uh, Graham Nash told the story. I, I found a story on Stephen Colbert a few years ago, and I just, you know, re-watched re it, uh, was when apparently, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, there was this drug dealer he was with, and this drug dealer, I guess, was kind of, like, antsy, just, you know, not a nice person, you know? I mean, I don't know how many drug dealers are nice, but, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so, um, anyway, um, he goes to him and says, like, you know, I bet you can't write a song before you go. I, get, I bet you can't write a song before you go before you go and I guess you know he proved them wrong and um, no it's it's a it, you know it's, it's a beautiful melody I mean the harmonies are good I mean that's what the, what works about Crosby Stills and Nash I think with that album with some of those songs you know it shows that you know even though that they weren't working with, with each other for a little while all that type of you know power uh was you know was still there you know um and all that and uh yeah no it just works well uh and uh okay so coming at number nine we've got the uh title track of the album deja vu of course 
Deja Vu. And that is a song written by David Crosby. Uh, and it works pretty well. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's funny because it's like, um, you know, of course, the, the word's not in the song, but, you know, it already, you know, describes it. If I felt like I've ever been here before, I would probably know just what to do. But the way it goes, it's a, a little, not psychedelic, but just in a loop. You know, the way it goes in, like, and just like, you feel like you're just listening in circles and circles and circles and all that stuff and uh yeah yeah no so um and the harmony i mean like like the of course the harmonies are great uh you know david crosby's voice this is an uh a, a song that uh shows his like kind of angelic voice you know his calm soothing voice that he still you know thankfully has today at the age of 80 uh and all that but uh yeah yeah no um works uh, yeah, and what also another thing to uh, mention with it is even though Neil Young did not play on this record, another famous guy did, and the harmonica is played by John Sebastian. Now John Sebastian was from the Love and Spoonful. Now if you don't know what the Love and Spoonful is, I will spoon feed it to you all. Okay, that's how nice I am. They did, uh, you know, Do You Believe in Magic, Daydream, and also, if you like 70s television, or if anybody's a fan of the show, Welcome Back, Cotter, he wrote the song Welcome Back, which a lot of probably people see now in the ads of the Applebee's and all that stuff. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just a little interesting fact there. So, then we've got, uh, you know, we've got, uh, at number eight, we've got Wooden Ships. Now, Wooden Ships is... Okay, uh, one of my, um, you know, I think I think it's one of my favorite Crosby, Stills, and Nash songs, honestly. I think it just, it works so well. Uh, and uh, this song was, uh, you know, is a duet kind of between uh, David Crosby and Stephen Stills. And uh, this song uh, works really well. Um, it was written by both of them. And, you know, uh, Paul Cantor from uh, Jefferson Airplane. I think I'm, I think I'm saying his name right. I'm, like, looking up on the spot just to make sure I'm saying his name right. Yeah, Paul Cantor from the Jefferson from Jefferson Airplane. And um, the, it was claimed that they were writing, that they, they came up with this and they wrote this all on David Crosby's boat that he was on. And uh, it's basically like about uh, an apocalypse and all this stuff. And this is an interesting fact uh, for the school of uh, SUNY Oswego, which I just found out yesterday after talking to my grandma. After talking to my, I was on the phone with my grandma and I, you know, it was this weird, like, it's like one of those weird coincidences that, like, you know, it's just one of those weird things you find that just, you know, suits your interests. And there's this little, you know, like, you know, kind of um, circle, you know, a little bit like a memorial and all that stuff, like a little place uh, to hang and all that stuff. And it says on the bottom, dedicated to, yeah, it says, like, Free and Easy, dedicated to Free and Easy by Crosby, Stills, Nash. Like, it was dedicated from the song Wooden Ships, you know, because the, the line in the song is Free and Easy, you know the way life's supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, no, I just thought that was very funny and very interesting fact for people who are listening from Oswego. Okay, now, another thing of this song, what I love is, you know, uh, the beginning, like the ticking I think that works well for the type of theme of what the song is, but also too, uh, you know, the, like the guitar, how that goes in, you know, very, you know, it sounds like a very like late '60s song, and you know, it show and it shows that these guys are going into a different level. You know, they're they're far past like the stages of the Birds, the Hollies, even Buffalo Springfield. You know, they're reaching a new level of enlightenment for music and stuff like that, and more and more creation, and it shows in this song and it's just like 
the lines that like you know how Stephen Stills starts you know with his voice and all that stuff and then you know David Crosby comes in like you know and they do like kind of like an answer like you know like like a dialogue and a song and you know it's just like hearing both of them you know they're both very gentle and all that stuff you know Stephen Stills has a calm voice in this song too and uh, they just they send it both well together I mean both of them can you know uh, carry a tune and both and you know the harmonies work well with Graham Nash you know. Uh, in the harmony on that uh but yeah no no i mean like um i mean i love the line like say can i have your purple berries yes i've just been eating them and just like yeah i mean i mean both 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 stephen stills and david crosby just rocked this song um definitely a great song that which is on the crosby stills nash album uh you know definitely definitely a song uh, worthwhile uh so coming in at number seven we've got our house which is from deja vu written by graham nash now this is an interesting story so you're gonna want to listen to this um okay because you know of course the other biggest musician at the time in like you know around the, the folk rock era was Joni mitchell and Joni mitchell was in a relationship with graham nash at the time and Basically, they were, you know, you know, they were sort of, you know, living together and all that, and uh, they were in a serious relationship. Like both loved each other and all that, and um, you know, they were just walking one day, and she bought a vase, and basically he just said to her, you know, I'll light the I'll light the fire. You place a, a, a candle in the vase. Yeah, you place a flower in the vase that you bought today, and that's how the song was born and it just you know it just talking about a simple family life you know and all that and uh because uh there was the anniversary edition of deja vu this year that came out uh there is a demo version that i heard of graham nash singing this on the piano with joni mitch which you want to hear this with joni mitchell accompanying accompanying him and like you know singing it as a duet with him and uh, no, it it just it, it works well. It's a very, you know just a very beautiful song. I actually first it's kind of funny how I first actually got aware of this song because I honestly got really into Crosby Stills and Nash like Crosby Stills Nash and Young like this year. I mean I knew who they were before, but well, never was like a huge fan. But then um, how I really got into it was uh, there was this episode on the show This Is Us because uh, Mandy Moore's character Rebecca is a huge fan of Joni Mitchell and she and they go to the house uh, where you know that of the, the song was spy, was inspired of like our house and she tells the story of it too so it's like i found it really you know interesting and all that um and then you know i ended up really loving the song and it was one of the uh it was one of the big singles from the uh from the album too deja vu um so coming to number six we got another grand Nash song which is marrakesh express uh this song was actually a song that he uh, wrote while he was with the hollies because you know the reason why he left the hollies was you know these guys weren't really going in with most of the times like the, the guys that were in it alan clark tony hicks bobby elliott all that stuff um and they did not like these like you know graham nash was doing these stuff and it just wasn't working for them you know and he there is a demo of them doing marrakesh express but you know uh he ended up you know handing it over when he was doing stuff with steven stills and dave crosby and they did um you know and they did it pretty well and i think what, what works well in it too it's like the instrumentation is so perfect in it. Like I love like the uh, the bass line, um, and like when I listen to it, it's like you know how how I talked about instrument instrumentation the last time. How it really is important. When you gotta listen to a song. You gotta listen to it in different ways. You gotta listen into. You gotta listen to it like you never did before. You know that's kind of how I feel when you listen to a song. You know that you feel loved. You know, and but what's so cool about it is when you hear hear Graham Nash and 
the music is just so out there, you know, singing it with him, doing a, like, because there's a live version of him and David Crosby doing it in 1970, and David Crosby's, you know, doing, like, kind of the instrumentation by doing a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and, like, but the way you hear the instrumentation when Graham Nash is singing, it just works pretty well, you've got, like, the bass, you know, you've got, like, that bass roaring in at you and all and stuff, and that was, I think, Stephen Stills who did a lot of the instrumentation on that part. And, uh, yeah, the, the vocals, uh, worked pretty well, too, um, you know, and the harm, yeah, like, the harmonies and all that stuff, um, and just, you know, it's, it, it's a, you know, just shows their peaceful type of harmonies, and just, like, you know, very catchy song, and it's the second song on the Crosby, Stills, Nash album, and, um, yeah, yeah, no, so, definitely, uh, one of their other songs that is worth checking out, and one of their first singles that, uh, became a big hit, you know, um, so, now we got at number five, which I would probably say is the biggest anthem of the late 60s and, of course, of the one of the biggest music festivals that ever happened in rock of all time, which is Woodstock, and the song is called Woodstock. Now, we mentioned Joni Mitchell before. Uh, Joni Mitchell also has another important part in this song because she wrote the song. And now, an interesting story about it was that Joni Mitchell was supposed to be at Woodstock, but it was also the same weekend she was supposed to be on the Dick Cavett show. Now, Dick Cavett show was like her big TV appearance, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna dumb it down to people who maybe not, not know who Dick Cavett is. Dick Cavett is like the Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Fallon of that day and all that stuff. So it was this really big like television uh, performance for her, um, and you know the promoters did not think she'd make it once that like you know thousands and millions of people they, they didn't there was no way she'd get out of there in time to go to the show uh to, to, to tape the you know the broadcast of it so she did not go um turns out she did they did actually have time because if you watch Wood, woodstock and all that stuff if i mean if you watch that that dick cabin show david crosby and steven sills they were all able to come on and all that stuff after but you know they didn't know at the time but you know so she's hearing people talking about the festival and she wrote she, this is somebody who didn't even go to woodstock yet she was able to you know understand you know what it was about how prolific it was even though it just happened and you know it's this you know and she wrote this like you know kind of mellow tune down and you know uh, she showed it to the guys and you know Steven Stills loved it and he said like can I have it um and he goes like I'll I'll, I'll make like he says like you you won't be sorry you know and all that stuff like he and like she was a little reluctant at first but then she was like all right I mean and then when it became you know a hit you know sure but but the thing that's interesting about this is that Steven Stills sings the song but Steven Stills is the one that made this song work he took this little Joni Mitchell mellow kind of song and made it this ballsy rocking song. I mean, when you listen to the beginning of the song, when when it, when it, the guitar is just coming at you, the ba 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 ba, and then it just like it it you know it dances it just like ba 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 ba. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna go too much into it. I'm not gonna uh you know um, embarrass myself too much for you guys. You should know I've already probably been doing that for a while. But uh, anyway, no no. So uh Woodstock is um but yeah yeah it works really well and this is the other song that Neil Young did not write that he did perform on. 
And you can tell with that guitar. Like, it's funny, because, like, when I looked it up and I found out that Neil Young didn't do, um, you know, really play on any songs except two, I che- I had to check it, like, to see which ones. And I could just think the ones that came to my mind were Almost Cut My Hair and um, Woodstock, because those are the very... Because, you know, I think Neil Young has that guitar sound, you know. I think Neil Young wants to be there for the rock stuff, you know. Neil Young, I don't know, was so much... For, was a big fan of the folk stuff, of the very, you know, simple folk ballads that, you know, some of the songs that they were doing. But... Um, it just works the harmonies are well um, Stephen Stills just like really I think um, does a good job at expression at expressing and showing the emotion in Joni Mitchell's lyrics that she wrote uh, works pretty well um, there's there's not that much to say about it um, one of the best Crosby Stills Nash and Young songs um, it's definitely something that was prolific for the time, and I think it's something that can definitely be considered still an anthem, and something that um, you know people can take to heart, and people can really uh, get something out of it. Um, so yeah, so we come at number four. We've got "Teach Your Children." And um, that's another Graham Nash song, um, and that was a song that he actually wrote uh, while he was in the Hollings in 1966. Uh, that was another song that just you know they did not want to record and just did, didn't really work well. Um, so of course he took it over to that to uh, Stephen Stills and David Crosby, and you know they were able to come out with a great tune of it. Uh, and another uh, famous musician uh, was on this. Of course Neil Young was not on this, but. Uh, Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead. Now, Jerry. Now, the reason why too is because this was came out in nineteen seventy. Jerry Garcia during the during the Grateful Dead wanted to do more more of a different like folk kind of element than they were doing like the psychedelic stuff. They wanted to do. They loved what Crosby, Stills, and Nash were doing, and they wanted to you know kind of you know um, capture that as well. And you know what, they did. They captured it so well. It worked really well um you know you know and all that stuff like well when, when, when they did grateful dead they captured it pretty well with their harmonies and all that stuff so you know it really paid off you know jerry garcia does a hell of a steel guitar on this and i, I forget I, for a second i forgot who i was talking about because both of these groups were so prolific and these albums were both great i mean honestly their grateful dead album working man's dead was considered just as like was i think in some lists like like number two or just like behind uh deja vu with this album and all that stuff but um yeah like no and you could definitely tell of jerry garcia's guitar style because it sounds a little like you know dire wolf from the grateful dead a little bit with that style like you know like because after you know it ends i can kind of feel like i can hear the like oh where's dire wolf you know where's the dire wolf style? it, it kind of reminds me of that and you know because certain songs can remind you of stuff and you sometimes don't know how it can because it doesn't mean necessarily it's copying but it just you know music is similar to each other you know music is not like you know it's not so much always ripping each other off music is gonna sound similar there there are there aren't enough chords out there to be a completely original act you know you always are getting inspired by somebody you know and 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 that's that's how it is you know um okay so uh coming at number three we've got helpless which is uh, a song from deja vu that uh neil young does and uh, yeah, one of the biggest songs of uh, of the group that Neil Young does, which we have we have another one too that he does that um, you might probably know or know what it is, but um, this works pretty well. Um, you know, like it's so fun. the chorus is fun, like helpless, helpless, helpless. Uh, but uh, an interesting fact is, you know, it mentions Lake Ontario, and because I go to SUNY Oswego, 
we are by Lake Ontario. Crosby, Stills, National Downs got a lot of references between us in upstate New York, you know, and all that. Um, but yeah, works. But um, and also because we'll, yeah, New Yen's from Canada as well. Um, but um, you know, very you know soft type of tune, but works well. Uh, you know, catchy. Um, the harmonies work well. Um, this was I think one of those songs that you know Neil Young just sent their parts to them because David Crosby explained in the CBS Sunday Morning interview not that long ago that you know that you know when Neil joined the band he didn't really join the band you know in a sense like that he sent the parts away you know he sent the parts to them and like you know hit his part and all that stuff and they would do their the back and vocals and all that stuff which you know I think it was like you know it is what it is that's just how Neil Young was um you know but um but yeah no it works pretty well so coming at number two we've got another Neil Young song which you probably know which is Ohio and this song is a song, and now we talk about prolific. I mean, this song was written uh, right after the horrible mass shooting in uh, Kent State in 1970. Um, so 51 years ago, uh, that was when the, the protesters, you know, when police officers shot four students down and that and it says in the song you know four dead in ohio and the and the the reason and the story how this song came about was that um you know because neil young wrote it and he was with david crosby and david crosby showed neil young this article and you know neil young goes off to the woods in the guitar with the article and then an hour later comes back with a well-powered song and david crosby calls grim nash and he goes like and he says it very seriously it's like you gotta come down here. You you get get here right away. Get get Stephen. Get get uh Bill Harvinson, who was their engineer. He's like like get book the studio. Get the band. Get get everybody. Like it's like we gotta record this, and like you know it was just this. It it was just like that. You know they had to, it. It was just a, a you know quick recording. You know Deja Vu album was already out, so they did this and um, yeah and um, basically. Um, the thing about it too was uh, Teacher Children was like you know rise up to the charts of what how Graham Nash was describing it, and it was becoming a really big hit record, and they killed their own single by releasing that because they felt that this song was more important you know and all that like because this was about making a a statement a political statement you know or, or just a statement of humanity you know like you know for you know people getting gunned down and all that stuff you know from from cops it was like the way grand national described it was like we were killing our own children you know and um you know uh but you can feel the anger in all of them in this song. You can feel the roughness, and you can feel that, you know, in this song, times need to change. And I think, like, th that's why, especially during around this time, I think these songs are perfect for, uh, you know, what goes on, you know, what what has been going on in the world for these, these past few years, um, you know, and all that. And, um, no, I, I think it's, you know, it's just... And also, to an interesting fact, too, is that, like, from what I found... Is that like you know like what's so cool is like at the end where like David Crosby is saying like how many more when they're like four dead dead like 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 how and then just like he's asking more and more and I found out like I saw him something like somebody said that apparently you know David Crosby took this so emotional that he apparently like broke down in tears after and you and honestly I could feel that you know sitting in a song with such emotion about such a sad sad topic I think and sitting it in such heart and sitting in such passion 
I think can lead to you know uh, emotional tears you know because this was you know a horrible topic and these guys were people who you know didn't love their country and were just making music that you know represented what was going on you know uh so okay so coming at number one we've got probably um you know one of the um you know probably you're you're not surprised probably because I haven't mentioned it already um and it's Sweet Judy Blue Eyes one of Stephen Stills' uh, signature songs, uh, and uh, it works pretty well. Uh, and uh, no, so um, this song is basically, um, you know, so, you know, like Graham Nash, uh, Stephen Stills also had a famous girlfriend, which was Judy Collins, and, he, and that was, you know, Judy in that. And what's cool about this is, you sometimes wonder, is it a love song or is it about a lover spat? I mean, what is it really, you know? And I think, you know, what works well, it's like the opening line, too, just shows you, too, that it's brutally honest. And that's what shows you what what's so great about Crosby, Stills, and Nash was that they were sophisticated. They weren't writing these songs like, oh, I'll, I'll love you till the cows come home or stuff like that, you know? They were writing serious, serious lyrics. And, you know, and talk about serious topics. And it's like, the line, it's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. And, like, you know, writing throughout the song, it's like, you know, like, this doesn't mean I don't love you. I do. That's forever. And you'll always be. And, I mean, this is the song that defines what Crosby, Stills, and Nash is about uh, with the harmonies. Um, represents uh, Stephen Stills' ability of writing a great song. It's a seven-minute song that has a few different sections, and it's one of those songs that just can put you in a peaceful mind, just listening to the whole thing. And then when it breaks off to the other to other sections, like you know, and and then you know, going to a little bit of guitar and then going like Friday evening, and just like the beautiful harmonies, and then like you know, just listening to that, like you just like you should listen to it in the sun or just outside or just you know. Or close your eyes and just hear those, like, you know, those beautiful voices coming at you. And it's like, I got an answer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then, of course, it ends with the great, you know, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I mean, just how it goes from the different sections of going into, like, specific parts where, where it's, like, you know, this little, you know, uh, peaceful thing. And then going, like, to this guitar, like, a boom, 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 do do yeah, yeah, and then and then you know just breaking out in, in the end of this happy like kind of like do 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 and uh, yeah no that that that's the song and I was watching uh, something about it um the other day, uh, f a few weeks ago uh, this guy had a YouTube video of it with the interviews from uh, Graham Nash David Crosby and uh, you know Stephen Stills of how they recorded it and. Um, you know, that it was just like, when they recorded it, uh, Steven Stills just thought it wasn't right. So they did it a second time, and they're, are you kidding? This, it sounded great. Um, and then they tried again, and there was no second version, apparently, the way David Crosby said it. It wasn't, you know. And I think, like, I don't know if there wasn't, if they if you can find it and stuff like that. But I've also, there's other good versions of them doing it. There's a version of them performing it at Wembley. And it's funny because you hear an audience member scream, like, right when they're playing, like, it's, like he's about to play. You know, because fans do right away. A fan screams out, sweet, shitty blue eyes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I think it just it very no, it just shows you how much like you know fans love their music and um and then also them doing it in twenty twelve, uh they, they had a performance of them doing it uh that that also works well and in in that version you know of course they were older at that time uh you it could tell you know they still got the harmonies they still got that sound you know, I mean um yeah you know unfortunately Crosby Stills uh Nash and Young are not playing together and who now and who knows if they ever will. Um, due to some personal issues, but they, at the time when they did, you know, they came up with some really great music, and they brought a lot of joy into people, and, you know, just, you know, told people how it is, but made, made people feel, you know, they're not alone, and I think that's what's great about this group, and that's why I wanted to share my thoughts on these 11 songs. So, that's it for today's edition of Ride Against Rockcast. And um, I will see you guys next time. So just remember to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tom Radigan. Also check uh, me out on uh, WNYO, SUNY Oswego's radio station. And also the other pod podcast platforms. Okay, thank you. Thank you uh, very much. And I will see you guys in the next podcast. See you guys. Bye.